0: Hi, I'm Ozzy Jurok, I'm the host of OzBuzz, and today I'm privileged to have with me Tony Spaniolo, who is the owner of Spaniolo Law Firm, who uh, has a team of lawyers uh, throughout uh, Vancouver. Welcome, Tony.
1: Ozzy, thanks for having me on, nice to see you again.
0: Well, I'm really happy to talk to you because in Vancouver we have gone through this wild and wooly real estate market. First we go up through the roof uh, no end in sight and now we sort of come down a bit and we're leveling off but the most important thing in any real estate transaction is do it legally. You need a law firm and that's where you come
1: in. Yeah since 1995 our firm has focused on on residential real estate uh, really that's all that we do and as a result every th- all of our actions are geared towards making that stressful experience as stress-free as we can make it
0: yeah and it is stress-free I mean I know when when people come into a uh, particular first-time buyer you know it's it's a big thing what did I do you know so
1: oh absolutely first-time buyers you really have to hold by the hand
0: when I yeah. was a, a realtor, I used to have a little kit, the first time by a kit, and I gave that to them. So when you wake up in the middle of the night say, "Oh, <laughs> did that house have two garages <laughs> or one? And you, you open the kit and there was some aspirin and a, and a letter that everybody gets
1: scared. Yeah.
0: But um, how many staff do you have in, in your team?
1: So uh, we're a little different than most firms. Our staff, we have about 35 staff altogether, six lawyers. A number of senior top-notch conveyancers then some intermediates and accounting and all the other ancillary services but where we're really different is we're we're kind of one-stop shopping so we do all of the work is done in our head office in Coquitlam right off blue mountain and low heat highway and that's where all the staff are and all the technology and and uh, everything gets done there but when it comes time to meet clients a lot of clients don't want to drive out to Coquitlam so what we've done is we have 17 additional offices throughout mm, the province 17, okay. yeah so it's 18 in total mm-hmm. actually i think we have an acre of land on the moon so it might be 17 <laughs> here but but um uh, so when a client uses us they can come to our west georgia office our west broadway office north vancouver richmond Abbotsford, five in the fraser valley okanagan Naimo, victoria so it's centralized underwriting centralized processing but the client experience is very convenient we're within 15 10 to fifteen minutes of any client in the Lower Mainland and the Okanagan and Victoria, uh, regardless of where they work or live. So yeah, it's a no, little different No question model. about it. I found that myself, that I could
0: <coughs> simply come to one of your offices and it's very, very convenient. Now I'm sure that throughout your lifetime you've seen a lot of happy situations and also some unhappy si- situations. What are some of the legal mistakes that you've seen? and? What should be done to avoid them?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great question. And and you mentioned that first time homebuyer kit. That gave me an idea. We should have a legal problems kit. These are things (laughs) that could come up and just take your Tylenol and give us a call. But um, the result, the the mistakes that we see oftentimes are just not thinking, not giving yourself enough time prior to closing. So we're having a lot of uh, partners buy properties together, business partners, family partners, parents helping kids they're rushing the deal they're not taking the time to think about what can go wrong what if there's a divorce down the road what's the exit strategy Uh, what if the market goes up what if it goes down how are you splitting the proceeds so that's very common in those types of situations what we're seeing a lot of now and this is even personal experience we're seeing a lot of elderly people um, with titles just in their name and so when they pass there's a probate that's required to get the property into the names of the kids. Well, probate, there is a death tax in British Columbia. It's yeah. just called probate fees, yeah, sure. uh, and it's based on the value of the estate. So some of these homes on the west side that may be worth two, three million dollars, that's a significant property, uh, sorry, probate bill. All that can be avoided. So it's. It's planning. It's uh, thinking about the future. That's that's what we're really on about lately in our yeah, it's
0: office. A, it's an excellent point. Whenever we have clients in the United States, they're always saying, what about those terrible estate taxes? And well, we have death taxes, too, as you said. It's yeah. just it just in fees. And that's uh, so that's one of the, the things that you should be looking at. Uh, but OK, so now I, want, I have done my deal. And I, I sign on the dotted line. And how do I pick a lawyer? I mean, what are the three top things that I should look at?
1: Yeah, well, I, um, let me tell you how not to pick a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> don't go to Google. Don't go to Yelp. I mean, there's, uh, you've worked with the realtor. You've worked with the mortgage broker. You've worked with the banker. Ask them. They're in the business. They've right. done many deals before. They know who to use, who not to use. Yeah. They know who, who can solve problems, who can't. So if you've relied on a realtor, relied on a broker, relied on a banker, rely on them for a referral don't just pick and we see this a lot don't just pick someone because you went to high school with them right. they may be a divorce lawyer don't right. pick them for oh, real try estate. A lawyer I mean I tell all my friends uh. if you if you do something stupid and hey have a quarter for one phone call don't yeah. waste it on me yeah, yeah I'm not that lawyer all right so sure. so pick someone who has the experience who's been around a bit who can handle the problems if they come up because they do it may not sure. be on your file but they come up. Pick someone your realtor or broker recommends it's that that's what i would say to to clients
0: well i think that's what i like about your company is that you specialize in residential real estate i mean there's enough business there Mm they have the, the multitude of of commercial deals that are that could be done out there so there's no question about it now there's sometimes everybody wants to save money and lawyers of course are expensive and so I'll go to a notary. What, what is, uh, not that there's anything wrong with a notary, but what is sort of the main difference between a lawyer and a, and a notary yeah. public?
1: Yeah, and, and let me start off this, this part by saying there's a lot of notaries I would rather deal with than some of the lawyers out there. There's a <laughs> lot of really good yeah. notaries yeah. and a lot of bad notaries and a lot of good lawyers and a lot of bad lawyers. Yeah. So, so I, I'm certainly not putting down notaries. Some of them are very dear friends and they're good at what they do. But they've got the experience and they've done the deals and they, they don't, they're not insurance salespeople on the side that do the odd notary. Deal. Right, right. The biggest difference between a lawyer and notary is that at a certain step of the transaction, if something is going sideways, a notary has to farm the deal out. They have to get a lawyer involved or may have to file a writ of summons or a petition or something, put a CPL on title. Uh, and a notary can, can execute the mortgage and give the advice and, and do a whole bunch of steps but at a certain point, the notary has to hand it off. Mm-hmm. That will incur extra costs, whereas if you hire the lawyer, typically, uh, they can do all those things. It stays in-house. You're not sending it out and someone has to get reacquainted with the file. Right, right. Okay? right. So that's the biggest difference. In terms of fees, there's a lot of notaries who charge more than lawyers, and there's a lot of notaries who charge less, and there's some lawyers that are ridiculously expensive and some are ridiculously cheap. There's a midpoint out there and most of us are in that midpoint, and most of us are competitive with each other. Um, you don't find again going back to that referral from your realtor broker, and make sure they're competitive. And and yeah.
0: Well, that makes that makes a good sense. The thing is that everybody has an expertise, and I certainly and on the on the mortgage side or the uh, the real estate side, you want some experience as well. You want to have a, a lawyer that is practicing. Uh, his profession, not practicing on you, right? Correct. <laughs> so, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but so, so you know, there's so many times uh, we have, we had in our action group, we have two people that want to be a partner and you know, everything looks good and you know until the the actual the title changes hands, you know, it's a honeymoon period and then there's the problem because they didn't involve a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I think that it's so important if you have a you, you gotta look through the individual tolerance, risk tolerance, what is their experience level, and paper it. And people say to me, "Oh well, uh, my mother is my partner." That then even more so because your mother actually you think it's a gift, and your mother wants to actually have her money back. Right? right. And so there's no question that uh, that that we often say to them, "Okay, if you uh, want to sign this and you want to just sign it without doing it, get independent legal advice." What What does that mean?
1: Yeah, independent legal advice is is used more and more now because there's a lot of partnerships, a lot of parents helping kids and the parents aren't going on titles. The parents are co-signing the mortgage. And so in that situation, the parents are having all of the burdens of the mortgage without any benefit of ownership. Well, in theory, that doesn't make sense. Why am I taking all this burden on without any benefit? And so the lender wants to make sure the parents understand what they're getting into, and they require the parents to go out, using this example, for an ILA, independent legal advice. It comes up in other situations. if my wife was to purchase a property and I was a guarantor on that mortgage, the bank would want me to go out for an ILA because I'm not on title. Granted, it's a family asset, but you know, that's a different discussion. So it, it's coming up a lot nowadays. It, it is a little inconvenient. It, you have to see a lawyer from a different firm. So we have six lawyers in our office. You can't use my firm for the commands right. and then use one of my lawyers for no, the ILA. Yeah. It has to be independent. Close, they yeah. have to go somewhere no. else. And it's it's a few hundred dollars more it's certainly not a deal breaker it's just a little inconvenience that you'll need to deal with
0: well also the parents should be and uh, should understand what it is that there might be oh well if he doesn't make the payment it's going to be okay no it isn't you You're on the hook uh, you, you co-sign you are on the hook
1: absolutely and also with respect to estate planning so if there is a shortfall and there's other siblings how is this going to be affected in the estate do they want to plan for that kind of stuff so yeah the parents need to know that their favorite golden child lost their job and can't make the payments, the bank is knocking on their door. And That's we've right. seen this, yeah. and, and, I, and, and you like, have too.
0: And if there is an estate situation, maybe the other siblings don't want to make the payment. I mean, there's oh. all this stuff that could be taken care of if you uh, and did it before.
1: Absolutely, and if you want to see some great fights, just look at the estates where there's a few dollars involved and one child thinks that they were left out or treated unfairly. It's it it makes War of the Roses seem tame.
0: (laughs) Well this is what always gets me about people are married for 30 years or 40 years and then they decide to have a divorce instead of sitting down saying okay look what what, but there's no reasonableness there's just some getting even so we each get a lawyer and you know I always tell that it, it's a joke of course but the thing is you know those two lawyers will go for lunch and say so what what could we do you know sure and you pay for the lunch and then it well, takes yeah <laughs> lawyers have to eat too us yeah. come yeah. on now
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah I mean if you could and, and <laughs> I apologize to the divorce lawyers out yeah. there but if you if it can be resolved amicably any I mean this yeah. goes to any situation now of course you need legal advice and you need to know what you're rights are and that but you know if if you can plan ahead yeah it, it sure makes it a lot easier down the road
0: well and the thing is too people have to have an understanding you know is it a joint tenancy which usually a husband and wife so if I die it automatically passes to the spouse if it's a partner, if you and I go into partnership, I, I want, don't want that joint tenancy no. because if, if I die, I wanted to go to my heirs, not to you, right? Mm-hmm. And this is such a basic thing that probably everybody will catch. But there be a hundred nuances that that uh, could happen, or what about one partner has a non-monetary, uh, you know, yeah. involvement, and so on? And sure. how do you get out? And how do you how do you do a shotgun clause and all these kind yeah. of things? You know yeah. that, it, and we we think. To buy a million dollar house, I think the mortgage, I was talking to Kyle Green, one of our top uh, young mortgage brokers, and said, What's the average mortgage right now? It's over $500,000. So let's presume the house was worth eight hundred, which buys you in Vancouver like a yeah. 600 square foot suite. <laughs> but let's say it was that. You have an $800,000 investment and you worry about a $400 legal bill uh, for the independent legal advice or for uh, you know you just have to understand this is a major transaction
1: now oh, and, and we see this all the time and whether you're pension pennies or but uh, people want the agreement and, and then uh, but they don't follow through with it because they don't want to pay the bill and not mm-hmm. that the bill is exorbitant as you say it's four hundred five whatever it is but <coughs> they're going to spend a lot more down the road there was mm-hmm. a joke in law school that uh, lawyers loved clients did their own wills because yeah. they'll make it up on the probate fight <laughs> down the road yeah. <laughs> because it's not covered yeah well there's even some
0: some clients want only one spouse on the title what what mm. sort of would be the legal implications or the consequences if you have only one spouse on the title yeah
1: and this gets into that estate planning aspect where this comes up typically is a first-time buyer situation where either both buyers are first-time buyers or one is and one isn't but they decide to put one person on title to save the property transfer tax. Oh, I see. So they're saving thousands of dollars by doing it. So it does make some sense. The implications are down the road if someone were to pass away. Odds are in a divorce situation from a very limited knowledge, that would be a family asset. It mm-hmm. would be 50-50 regardless of who's on title. But if something were to happen to that sole owner, now you have the probate process again. Right. So uh, <clears throat> there's a couple ways around that. And probably the easiest way is purchase it in the name of one homeowner. Move it, it has to be your principal residence to save the property transfer tax. You're allowed to transfer principal residences between family members without paying the property transfer tax. Mm-hmm. So one person could go on title and then just make a note in your little Outlook taskbar or a you know, diary system or diary system. Six months and a day later, you can transfer it into both names without paying the property transfer tax. So you can save a bunch of money to start and then six months and a couple days later you could transfer into joint names and now you've got the benefit of joint tenancy which mm-hmm. is what most couples want
0: yeah and, and you know really just waiting six months right and then yeah. i'm not waiting forever because we live forever right? Yeah, so exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah we're the ones we're, we're
0: the funny thing is sometimes i go to uh, to sign for a mortgage or used to in the past and then uh, I get this big document, I don't know, there must be 25 pages and the lawyer says, uh, you want me to explain this? No, no, no. And I'll just sign. But what did I, what, what should I do this? Shouldn't I read the darn thing? Um,
1: Yeah. The problem is that for most people, when they read it, they're really not going to understand it. It's going to use some big words that some lawyers way back in the day created. um, But I mean, every lawyer and notary, (coughs) excuse me, they should take the time to explain that what we do in our office (coughs) excuse me uh we email those are the standard mortgage terms you're referring to and they're like 30 40 pages long we'll email those to the client along with our summary of what those terms say well in advance of the appointment now the client has a chance to read them before the appointment they can put a little sticker on Mm -hmm. there and when they come in they can ask specific questions if they have them i'm sure most clients don't read them But it's our job to explain the main points of those legal obligations and to make sure the client understands what the obligations are and the ramifications of not complying, i.e. a foreclosure. Yeah, Um, no
0: question. And and certainly you you want to (coughs) know what's the penalty if I want to sell it out early or, Mm -hmm. you know, what are some of the ramifications, you know? And, And so I would suggest certainly that in, in the lawyer's office, don't feel that you have to rush in and out. I mean, ask the questions, you know, you want to pay the bill, but you also want to ask the, ask the question.
1: Absolutely. And and also make sure and, and, and most lawyers and, and notaries would say this, that a lot of questions and I'm like this, I, I, I leave and the question comes up five minutes later. Yeah. Well, don't be afraid to call back. Yeah. Hey, what about this? And that's, and, and, a, that's and a
0: good point. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Because rather than hoping or we're going to offend them as much, you'd probably be more offended if you just made an assumption and then based on that, you, you, you got into trouble later. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done some pre-sales and the pre-sale documents also um, are quite um, unusual, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to pay this much money now and then another bunch of money later and then, but quite often I find that the de- developer might say, okay, if you want to sign the contract this terrible new word assignment, <coughs> to me, it's not really a terrible word. I make, I make a deal and then I make a profit. I mean, yep. it's, it's, it's yep. nothing new but um, they charge a fee for it maybe three percent maybe five percent you know you should know what that fee is Uh, under what circumstances can he unreasonably withhold it Uh, or or rather withhold it we we saw one deal where it says uh, the owner um, will um, not unreasonably withhold permission and then you found a reason to be unreasonable mm-hmm. and so you know yep. what does it mean that if that's really your goal you want to assign it well then you better make sure that uh, you yep. that you understand all the that, clauses. That, and
1: that's that's a, a great point and it's pre-sale contracts are different than the, than the standard form contracts of purchase and sale that most realtors use sure. and they're written by the developer's lawyer in favor of the developer sure and the assignment provision is typically buried at the back of the document. <laughs> and it's absolutely essential that that is reviewed yeah. uh, because you're absolutely right about that. And a lot of developers now, uh, as of January, I think it was January 1, there's a, an assignment registry in Victoria. right? Yeah. And so developers are required to uh, to register. And don't think of an assignment just as odds you I selling to some third party at a profit. Mm-hmm. If, if I sign a contract in my name, and prior to closing, I want to add my spouse, that's an assignment. We are adding a party right. to the contract. And so if, if was a
0: $10,000 fee or a 3% of e- the price. Exactly,
1: yeah. and the developer has to report that to Victoria yeah. and that's a lot of work. So a lot yeah. of developers are simply saying, no, that's the reason why I don't want to allow assignments. Yeah. Forget it, yeah. close, and you deal with it later.
0: Well, the other thing, of course, when markets you <clears> know <coughs> on the way up, everybody wants to get in and buy three or four units and then the market goes down, now I don't want to close and they find out that those law, uh, documents are not as easy to get out of, uh, the, the developer has every right for you to expect to close the deal.
1: At, especially now back in 08 when the market yeah. took a hard turn a lot of lawyers made some money uh, class action suits or just suits trying to get out of pre-sales but you know developers lawyers learned from that and they tightened them up even further so sure. it's a challenge to get out of those. Yeah
0: not only could you lose your deposit but you might get sued for specific performance you know. Or, or damages plan. if yeah. the
1: damages are greater than the deposit sure. You're on the hook for that. It's not just take my 10% and I'm walking away. I'm looking at Craigslist right now and and there's a lot of assignments offered, over Mm -hmm.
0: 200 of them in uh, Craigslist in Kijiji. By the way, I should say that we are in British Columbia, Canada, and we have a lot of listeners uh, along uh, Canada and the United States. Hey, we have 22 listeners in Hong Kong (laughs) and 80 in England, so welcome. And needless to say that you're Registry may not be the same, but it is coming worldwide. That uh, that governments are looking at the whole area of pre-sales and assignments and so on, and are tightening the rules, and they want to make sure that people, you know, mm-hmm. declare the profits. To me, a person that buys a unit for four hundred thousand and assigns it for 500000 he has to declare the $100,000 profit it's, it's a capital gain y- yeah, it's the law clearly. I mean there's not no new laws have to be created for that if he didn't do it or anybody didn't do it it should be punished for it right absolutely no problem with that right yep. but anyway so that's going to be tougher I think one of the new things that that I've never seen a law firm do is you actually provide a title to the realtor because the realtors should really give the title to the buyer right when they when they sell a property
1: Correct, yeah, this is a separate company that we have called Terra Firma. So um, when a person buys property, there's a title attached to that, there's a, and they're shown a title search, and oftentimes those title searches will reveal an easement, a covenant, a right-of-way, a building scheme, some non-financial charge. Those will remain on title after closing. So on my, my house in Burnaby, there's an easement that says I cannot put anything of a permanent nature, no concrete, which for us Italians is a bit of an issue, but <laughs> on the back, 18 feet of the property. Uh, There's a a sewer line going underneath uh, it. Well, I need to know that as the buyer. And the only way to know that is to order that easement, pay for it from the LTSA and review it and and explain it to your client. So what Terra Firma does, it allows realtors to sign up for a subscription type service. They send in the title searches. We pull every single non-financial charge that will remain on title. And we send that to the realtor along with a one-page legal opinion as to what it says. Now the realtor simply sends it to their client. So whether it's a single family house with one or two charges, if it's a strata with 50, 60, 70 charges, and I'll be the first to admit that most of those are standard. They don't mean a heck of a lot. There's nothing you can do about them because they're all on there and everyone else has one. But instead of saying that, the realtor can say, don't worry about it. We've got a lawyer on retainer. They'll review all 50 charges. They'll send them to you. If you have a question, give the lawyer a call. So that's, that's the title review that we're doing now. It's, 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 we now have 650 to 700 realtors signed up for the service. We have 75 to 80,000 charges in our library. Wow. So it's been a significant investment. I think it's a great service
0: because for the realtor, that 10 or $12, first of all, I'm on site with anybody that could ever, you know, worried about my the job performance. It mm-hmm. would be a good thing to have. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great service. Well, the thing is that, you know, and I'm always, um, you know, there's always these lawyers jokes, you know, you were accusing me the other day that your email go into my lawyer's (laughs) spam file. (laughs) But uh, the thing is, we need lawyers, not just for the regular transaction, but particularly we deal a lot of investors and they're very innovative bunch of people and they have these ideas. Well, those ideas have to be vetted by an expert and have to be vetted by a lawyer that understands real estate transaction. It is like you say, if a fellow is a trial lawyer and he might be a good friend of yours, they'll do it for free. Well, run, you mm. know, don't, don't, don't wait. So, mm-hmm. well, look, you know, you know, I always put in my Ozbus uh, a book I'm reading or a book that influenced me. What are, what are your kind of uh, books that you're reading that maybe influenced your life?
1: Oh, well. Um a book I read back in the mid-90s that completely changed my business um, was The E-Myth Revisited and it's Just all by about Ma- Michael Gerber Michael Gerber, yeah. and it's my Bible and I have 20 copies in the office and I send them out to whoever wants one. So if one of your listeners wants one and they wanted to send me a note, I'll gladly send it to them. It is one of the, the key things that changed how we view our business. Up until 1995, we were a traditional suburban law firm with corporate law and wills and estates and real estate. and a little ICBC, a little this, little that, and then this this book, along with a few other factors, completely changed. And that was kind of one of the stress points was we went left our security blanket of, right. of a decent income, yeah. and, and we lost a lot of clients because they were used to dealing with my partner or I personally, and we had mm. to say no. We're we have a little different business model. So you want to work on the business? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that I, I continually reference that, and people that know me are tired of me saying that, but that is my go-to book. As for what I'm reading now, I'm doing a lot more podcasting and a lot more business articles. I find that a lot of these business books are one third great, one third average, and one third is just they're, they're too long. They just cut them down to the basic point. So good to great, getting people on the bus and finding you know th- that that's great stuff. But I'm a huge fan of free economics, of Tim Ferriss, of um, a, a number of other podcasts. I read trying to read a different magazine every month just from a whole different perspective i try and go to a conference a year that has nothing to do with law yeah that's a good yeah whatever and and not and not real estate either it might be tech it might be whatever it may be just something different so um kind yeah. of my my Yeah it's, it's,
0: it's amazing I mean I, I go on to these three months cruises and then because you go on for three months you go literally to all the lectures and I was on a, on a cruise from uh, well, from Fort Lauderdale through all the islands and I was on sort of a six day trip all ocean mm. and I locked, locked on to an astronomer. The most interesting man I ever met in my mm. life mm. As, as a speaker as a friend we went for dinner things I learned about this man's life I had absolutely no clue that this existed right I look at the sky I see a bunch of dots yeah. he looks in the sky and he sees a world and so yes we need to take a look and and l- l- listen to some of the books you know one of the books I read said if you have a quality organization or if you're a quality product never discount right mm-hmm. it never occurred to me you're yeah. discounting our ticket prices anyways the point is Yes, we've got to keep reading and or mm-hmm. maybe listening and certainly you've got to listen to the Oz buzzes.
1: Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah. My next podcast, you mentioned uh, talking to that, i my next podcast is the, the importance of talking to strangers. Yeah. And you, I think that's the exact point you just said right there. Yeah. Some person you never knew on a field you knew nothing about uh. and he's your most interesting person.
0: No question about it. But okay, so you weren't always successful. What was the um, sort of an apparent
1: failure or maybe it had even set you up for success down the road? Well, there was two or three times during the course of our real estate career where the market turned or there's some uncertainty. So those are always a little nerve wracking. I mentioned 95, leaving kind of the security of, of a traditional law firm. 08, uh, uh, when the market, when the world crashed, uh, it was it was horrible for six months. Had we known it would be six months, we'd all go to Maui and come back yeah. and life would be great. But we didn't know that at the time. Right. Great Depression, where to be right. into oh, here? Yeah. And, and we went from a staff of 60, 65 to 30, 35 in two, three months. Mm-hmm. and, and you know and those scars still remain. We're, sure. we're a little less reluctant to hire. we're a little more careful. Sure. we're a little quicker to let go if we know you're not the right person. It's, it's you know the scars are there. Um, other businesses, we uh, I wouldn't call them failures because they all have some benefit. I've acquired sure. three or four law firms over the years. All but one have been great financial successful, uh, great financial successes. One was horrible. Uh, I, I wrote the check an hour before the market crashed no in 08. Like it was that kind of, it's like the world waited for that check to clear and then okay, wait a second, we're gonna bankrupt the whole world just for Tony here. Um, and it was a terrible financial investment. Now, having said that, I met a lot of people in that area and I can go up there and, and yeah. get a meeting with anyone I want to. Uh, my old partner, Richard Bell, and I started a national network of law firms, kind of like a Spaniolo company, but across the country late 90s with virtual banks and citizens bank and ing and we're doing deals across the country it didn't work well financially at all but i still know people at the upper echelon of the lenders that most lawyers don't know i can make a call to the president of merrick's and get through Um, and so financially maybe they weren't the best i've got some great friends i got great friends in chicago one of the world's greatest cities so you just learn from those. Well
0: Napoleon Hill in his book "Think and Go Rich he says that every failure within it carries uh, carries within it a seed of a new opportunity and Mm -hmm. that's so true you know that uh, if you hadn't maybe gone through it then you would maybe have stayed in the same kind of a rut or uh, and and instead you got out of it. Mm -hmm. So were you worried about
1: the business at the time then? 08 for sure yeah 08 yeah, for sure I was And I mean like I said if we knew it was six months no problem yeah. but we didn't and and you know every investor is taught that you need to diversify you need to have a balanced portfolio my business is real estate sure we do some wills in the States now because our clients come in and they want to do their will uh, but it's all generated from real estate Sure. and so if real estate crashes I'm collecting pop bottles I mean, maybe maybe <laughs> not now but in a way that was you know I'll be yeah. the guy in the corner saying hey I used to be a real estate lawyer but um, yeah. so yeah I was definitely yeah. worried back then uh, and then thankfully the market turned and we've been flying ever since it's a little downturn now yeah. but, but I think
0: also but banks overreacted they, they literally helped a lot of developers into bankruptcy some developments mm-hmm. had sold 70 pre-sold 75% and yep. couldn't get the other a dollar that's why I keep telling everybody even if your bank manager is your mother yeah she will still have to listen to the head of us in Toronto so you know get absolutely. everything and everything
1: absolutely yeah but even in this market now uh, with our firm a really hectic busy market doesn't help us that much because the, the pipe isn't we can only do so many deals a month yeah. And when the market's overactive, yeah. we we'll just reach that point earlier. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> and then you're taking on more business than you should, and you're dropping the ball, and you're making a mistake. And this, uh, this is nice right now. Mm-hmm. Here we are in in June of 2019, and everyone's saying the market's. There's still deals out there. Sure, oh, people yeah. are buying, people are selling, people are making moves. It's it's a yeah, wonderful time. We're looking outside here, Oz. Yeah. It's a brilliant sunny day in yeah. Vancouver. Fifty thousand people are moving here this year. Yeah. No question,
0: yeah. and it hasn't changed. and And that's the point I'm trying to make in my podcast or rather my my blog is that uh, we have fifty nine thousand people from overseas coming, and even the turmoil in Hong Kong, we have three hundred thousand Canadian Chinese living in Hong Kong. If it really got bad, they would mm. come back. We have one hundred and forty thousand students that need all of them need rentals, all of them need something to, somewhere to live. And when you look around the world, the turmoil in Europe, the craziness about Brexit and the turmoil all the governments, more and more people with the money are looking and saying, hey, Canada's rated the number three in the world for safety, mm-hmm. and that a lot of people are interested in most. And they're going to come and they bring their money and then wherewithal and their know-how. And so we will be just fine. There's no question about it. Absolutely. That. Firmly um, believe that. So what so in the last five years, so what do you believe or uh, habit has most improved your life?
1: I, I don't think there's one big habit or belief. I, I read something when I when I turned fifty, which was a while ago now. Uh, my wife gave me a book, and it was called something like "Getting Younger Every Year" or "Getting Stronger Every yeah. Year." <clears throat> Excuse me. And the whole point of the book was to do something every day. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go and start training for Ironmans or this or that, but just do something. Go for a walk every day. Lift a weight every day. Ride a bike every day. Do yoga every day. Do something every day. Something act good for you. Yeah. And I've kind of taken that approach to my business world where I, I'm just looking at marginal gains. A 1% imp- I think there's a term, the 1% improvement yeah. or something like sure, that. Yeah. So I just try and find little things. I'm, I'm 57 now. I'm not going to reinvent myself and start new. And, and maybe my kids might come in and redo everything. But I'm just looking for these little gains, these little 1%ers here and there, little tweaks, little enhancements. Sure. Um, we have a couple calculators on our website. I'm creating a closing cost calculator. It's not a whole new concept, but it would be great so. for clients. It's yeah, just I like sp- your
0: website. What is your website anyways?
1: There's two, bcrealestatelawyers.com and Spaniolo Law. We had Spaniolo Law, but no one can spell Spaniolo. I
0: mean, <laughs> so we had to come up with
1: something more generic. <laughs> <coughs> so yeah. the two websites go to the same place. So. You know how can we improve the website we don't need to redo it and throw the whole thing mm-hmm. out but so now we're doing more video because people don't want to read they want to listen uh, just yeah. so i'm, I'm yeah, a big I fan you had a new one
0: out there the new homebuyer tax video you know that was a, sort of an interesting thing because it is a mm-hmm. it is
1: a it is a can
0: you talk about it briefly
1: yeah we uh, well we're, we're doing these everything we read tells us people have short attention spans and if i'm an example i get it Uh, So we're doing 90 second videos on one very specific topic. So we've done four or five so far and the first four or five are all about property transfer tax. So the first one is simply how it's calculated, what properties, that kind of stuff. Then we talked about the first time home buyer exemption. We talked about the new home property exemption. We talked about family transfers, talked about the foreign buyer tax. Uh, And then next week we're shooting a whole bunch more on a variety of other topics. The idea is just quick little one hitters, put them on the website, put them on YouTube, uh, so people have a question. At the end of the day, they're probably gonna call us anyway, but it's there if they want to listen to it. The new home buyer tax is, is a, a wonderful incentive. Construction has a lot of great jobs attached to it. My kid worked on a high rise in Burnaby and I dropped him off every morning at seven and there was 50, 60, 100 young people going to work at a good wage. And the government wants to encourage that, so there's an exemption now. If you buy a new home under $750,000, there's no property transfer tax. Right. That's a $12,000 sure. savings. Yeah. So, it, you know, thankfully the NDP haven't knocked that out. The Liberals brought that in and yeah. the NDP have left it, thankfully. So if you're looking at a new home, that's that's a nice incentive to create jobs in that industry. Sure. So we But, were but this this most people don't know, right? So they, they don't. And yeah. this is part of that one percent. So I've, I've always been reluctant to shoot videos. and I've always been reluctant to social media. We're doing that now. We're a little better now than we used to be. And we're going to be better in a few months than we are today yeah that sounds like a country song <laughs> be, yeah I forget the lyrics but yeah. Kenny Chesney something like that It'd yeah. Be better in the future yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: you know my uh, my old saying is always we're growing into our own future best you know mm-hmm. I'm different than I was five years ago and I'm going to be different five years from now the difference is that I can decide today what that new Aussie five years from now looks like you know I love Jimmy Patterson who at age 92 still has a 10-year plan. Right? Absolutely, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, we should be forward-oriented. And know. I think he's more than 82 now, isn't he? 92.
1: 92, that's, yeah, right. that's what I mean. 82. That's I'm why sorry, it's yeah, sort a of, ten year you plan. still have a 10-year plan, well, And he's, course, the, yeah. he's the hardest working guy in that office. A yeah. uh, friend of mine works there. Jimmy's yeah. the first one in, lost the lead, yeah. He, yeah. I see him. I have my boat in the harbor where he has his, mind to his is like Just a little bit bigger. Yeah, a little bit
0: bigger. But I see him, you know, it's <laughs> always he has some guy beside I'm carrying a briefcase of some sort and I thought to myself how much fishing you're going to do and not, right? (laughs) uh, (laughs) But anyways, look, uh, Tony, it's been a great uh, pleasure, you know, I could talk to you for hours. uh, And that is a very hard thing to say when I talk to lawyers in (laughs) general. You're very interesting, but I I know one thing for sure, you really care about your clients and you don't want to make it easy for them. And you understand what they need to uh, watch out for. And most of it, they have to watch out for themselves because mm-hmm. they don't ask enough questions or they are too chintzy to to pay for advice. So thank you for taking the time. So people that uh, want to hear more about you, what is the website again, the easy one? Uh, the easy
1: one is bcrealestatelawyers.com. Yeah, and yeah. there's
0: a lot of stuff there that will help anybody buy or sell a property. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Ozzy, thanks for having me on.